Win something one time and it could be a fluke. Do it twice and people know you're for real. Win it three times and we use the word dynasty. And if you win something a fourth time, now we're talking about total dominance. For the fourth time, the Oklahoma Association of Broadcasters has named Aaron Kauks the Skinny on Sports Report the non-metro sportscast of the year. Good afternoon, Western Oklahoma. I'm Aaron Kauk, and this is the Skinny on Sports Report. Congratulations, Aaron. Or should we say, Mr. Four-Timer. Now keep on dominating. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. We're hanging out at Sayre National this morning. I'm sure it was a wonderful weekend over here at Sayre National. Weather was nicer. Saturday scramble, the next to last one, the last Saturday scramble coming up this week on April 1st, and then the following week, Thursday night will start of course, the alumni tournament is the 8th of April, just a couple of weeks away there. There still looks like six spots remain, so that means half of those were gobbled up this week. Uh, we had 11 spots remaining when we were here last Saturday or uh, last Monday, excuse me. So that thing's filling up fast. The Bob, there's still some spots in the AM, but you better hurry. That thing is going to fill up by the time the end of April rolls around, and so you might as well get your team entered right now. That way you don't have to worry about missing out on a great weekend here at Sarah National at the end of April. I mentioned the Saturday scramble. Oh, no. Speaking of the Bob, the Bob on the winning team. The Bob himself. The Bob himself is on the winning team. It was a playoff, and, oh, I bet I bet he, I wish I would have been. A, uh, does anybody have video of this? Because <laughs> like you need video evidence. The Bob himself made a putt on number two to win the playoff. Very cool. I'm going to need some video evidence of this because I bet he was giving them all kinds we, of heck. We need the particulars, right? The length of the putt. That's right. Somebody tell me exactly how that worked yeah. out. So it was Bobby, uh, his son Jackson, which I played with Jackson about a month ago out here, and he was playing really, really well. Um, and so Bobby and Jackson, you had Hunter Hines. Golly, Hunter's on the winning team, it seems like, every week. And then also Brian Markham. Well, that's a – did Jimmy Clark buy that? Did, did Jimmy Clark uh, – Put that team together and forget his name. <laughs> Anyhow, congratulations to them. Um, <clears throat> it was nice on Saturday. I, know, I, mean, I played golf too, and so it was. It was nice. It was. It's still not though. You know, like real nice. You know what I mean? Like just a little chilly. The wind blowing. Right. I'm gonna need those temperatures to get up in the 80s here with the quickness, and it's not happening today or tomorrow. But uh, anyhow, there'll be. It's still nice enough to come out and play, though, uh, with the wind not blowing this morning, just a little bit of a breeze. It's going to warm up to around 60, so it would be a nice, a nice evening uh, to come get some holes in as everybody starts preparing for the golf season coming up. Um, 
in the, the first tournament I could think of is that alumni tournament here in Sayre at Sayre National. Jared, how are you today? I'm good. You know what this is? Hold on. What is this? Hold on. You know what that is? That, that is an albatross, Aaron. That is an albatross. <laughs> that was an Why don't you uh, tell us about your golf experience uh, this weekend? I don't know that I was even going to bring this up. So, <laughs> yeah, I played golf. We had an awesome group. There's like 29 uh, guys came out and played, and it was fun, and we all split up into teams. And so we, my team um, on number nine at Elk City, par four, it was downwind. Uh, James, James Ainsworth drove it up, I don't know, 30, 40 yards off the front of the green. And so I had hit my second shot and I was going over to help another guy find his ball. Little did I know, I got up to the green and James is walking off with a big old smile. And he goes, it was a two. And I said, mine went, cause I knew I hit a good shot. Yeah. And I said, mine, and he goes, no, I made a two. And I was like, oh, sweet. So you got a two and I've already got a three. He gives me, you know? Yeah. So anyhow, then we get around on 15. It's a par five, you know, with the creek on the right, and then the creek comes in front, and mm -hmm. it ends up being a pond on the left. Mm -hmm. I hit a terrible drive um, into the other fairway on 14. I didn't hit it very solid. It didn't go very far. I mean, everybody else was hitting from, like, 130. I was at 190. Oh, wow. And I don't hit it as far as everybody anyhow, but still, you know, that much of a difference. And, yeah, I hit a six iron, and it got up over this one tree that I had, you know, clear in – from that angle, it's kind of hitting it over the water to the green. And so I made sure I hit enough club, and it landed right on the green and took a hop and rolled, and it just went right in the hole. Very nice. For a two on a par five. So it was. It was, And it turned out that that shot, like James. You, so your shot, you could see the hole? Oh, yeah. So you saw yeah, it go I in. I saw it. I, I was pretty sure it went in. And then Juan was further up and further, it had a little bit different. Because sometimes – I was like, oh, I think it went in, but maybe it's like right behind the pin, like in because right. I was dead in line. Yeah. And then he started yelling and screaming, and I was like, never mind, it's in there. And so then I started yelling and screaming, uh, and it turned out that when we got around, when we got up to the to the clubhouse to to do the scoring, we won the front nine by a shot. We had the best score by one shot because James knocked it in on two or uh, made a two on nine, and then we had the best score on the back nine as well. Very good. So uh, two uh, two holeouts ended up putting us on the right side of the of the game. So it was fun. No, it was a lot of fun. I haven't hit a good shot or a shot like that in years. First albatross? No, I've had. That's my second one. Second one. Yeah, I've got two albies and two uh, two holes in one. Do, do you ones, do you save the ball? I actually kept playing with it. I never even thought about it. Then, <laughs> I would have saved it. And then after it was but over, that's the difference between our skills. <laughs> I would have saved it. <laughs> I, I, I I literally never thought. I mean. I should have just put it in my bag and got another one out, but I didn't. I just, and then we got up there and it was like, uh, oh, here you go. And so I had the ball in my pocket and Alex took a picture or whatever. Cool. And I'm not sure what I did with it after that. I don't know. It's so, in your bag somewhere, maybe. Next thing car. you know, Florida Atlantic was winning and I had them in a drawing and I <laughs> got a little right. out of control. What so. a day for you. <laughs> uh, sorry, stuff. Sorry, Joe. He's wanting to know why I don't do that when I'm on his team. <laughs> Pure luck, my friend. Pure luck. How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. Um, <laughs> at a, a year ago, the birthday parties and well, I try not to your a kid birthday party <laughs> went to one on. Uh, my kids actually had two of them, so Allie went to one. And I went to the other. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, Saturday that was about it for me. And of course, watched a lot of basketball. Yesterday is our practice days. 
So on the field for about three hours before that wind came in. It was really, really nice before that wind came in out of the north about, what, 5.30, 6 o'clock? Yeah. Which about time we wrapped up. And, um, I mean, I guess the highlight of my weekend was cooking uh, chicken fajitas on the flat grill on Saturday night. Oh, very nice. And watching the basketball with some friends. And, and that turned out pretty good. And uh, that's about it. Pretty pretty uneventful. I mean, we're kind of enjoying these weekends before every weekend involves softball tournaments, you know. <laughs> I'm sure you're the same way with baseball. Yeah, it starts next. It starts this weekend. Yeah. So, pretty low-key. Pretty low-key. But watch a lot of that basketball. And at the end of the day, after Miami won, I'm thinking, what did I just witness? What is going on this year in the Final Four? It is unlike anything we literally have ever seen. Um, it's the first time in the history of the Final Four that there's not a one, two, or three seed crazy. in the tournament. UConn uh, is now the, the highest-seeded team as a four. It's just – we were talking about this right before the show started. When you think about what – just comparing last year to this year and the teams in the Final Four, you went from Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova to Florida Atlantic, San Diego State, Connecticut, and Miami. Three of the four making their first appearance in ever in their school's history in the Final Four. But I think we kind of saw this coming, right? Even in the even after the first day, after the first weekend, with the, with the two number one seeds going down, a sixteen winning again. Uh, you know that, that that seems so unheard of. Ten years ago, right but now it's happened twice in the last what five? Uh, five years. And it's not just necessarily a sixteen beating a one, but it's but it's those the depth of that field. I mean, when you looked up yesterday, there was no number one seeds in the lead eight for the first time ever. You had San Diego State and Creighton, a five and a six. You had Florida Atlantic and Kansas State, a nine and a three. Talking about in the Elite Eight, you had a four and a three with Gonzaga and UConn. And then what, a five and a two? So Texas was the only two seed that made the Elite Eight. I mean, we were almost without a two. It it just, I I think that this is going to be maybe not the norm where one seeds aren't making it out of the first weekend or even into the Elite Eight. I I don't necessarily think that's the case. But I do think you're going to start seeing with the transfer portal, with NIL, and now another thing that's going to be thrown in there will be when the new collective bargaining agreement is agreed to in the NBA, I think you're going to see one and done, that's over. So how much does that then affect and, and create even more parity in the game when those high-end caliber guys, even though you're having them from one year, a lot of times they can make the difference between, between – Getting beat out on the in the round of thirty-two, or even making a run into the to the final four, and without some of those guys being available to the top end schools, I, I think maybe something that doesn't seem like it's possible, and that is building a culture, building a brand, building chemistry. Maybe it's not possible in the in the Power Five or at the top level of college basketball, but we're seeing that it is other places in in in. These, the, these smaller schools, the mid-majors or even, the, you know, the Big East considered a power, but, you know, not really when, when you think about football. Mm-hmm. But those places, I think, are actually going to have a pretty decent size advantage that they've never had before. And that is being able to, to kind of take some of these guys off the scrap heap and mold them and, and, and keep them together longer. Now, on the flip side of that, maybe – 
Maybe that doesn't, isn't the case where if some guy from Florida Atlantic, like right now, could, could they keep that team together? Or is everybody else watching this just waiting to poach? Right. You know, just waiting to poach guys off of these teams that make runs. I, it, you know, for, it's going to be an interesting study as, as this moves along because we're just kind of right in the, the beginning phases yeah. of what this is going to, how um, this is going to determine and, and change college basketball. Well, I was thinking about after that game last night when the Final Four was officially set, I thought, is this the new normal of, of, of parity in college basketball? And, you know, a lot of it factors into that. And we asked Jim this last week, and we'll probably broach on the subject again today about, you know, NIL is a big reason. He mentioned the COVID year. You know, eventually that's going to wrap up, so I kind of take that out of the equation. But I think, obviously, the NIL is a big part of it. I think it's such a big it's a big uh, opportunity for these smaller schools, even Creighton, even though they lost, but they lost by a point and they had every chance to win that game. But the smaller schools, FAU and, and San Diego State and others that they can say, listen, we you if the situation's right and if the, the you know, as far as recruiting's concerned, they go into a guy or to a home and go, You can have as much success here as you do at one of those big schools. Because look what we did last year. Look what we've done. You know, we've been in the lead eight so many years. Look at Gonzaga. They can continue to get themselves in position and just can't quite get over the hump, but they're always there. And that, and I think parity for me, I like it. It's so good for the game. I, 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 I am intrigued by this Final Four. I know you said off air that the network execs are not. That no, this is not what no they way. wanted. There's no way they wanted this. But for me, just as a – as an outsider looking in, fan of the game, just I'm I'm intrigued by it. I I have no rooting interest to to win. Maybe I'm rooting a little bit for the underdog, which is going to be either FAU or, or San Diego State. Say which one? Yeah, <laughs> they're all kind so of. So I am intrigued. I and that's going to be the big question: Will people watch if because the big dogs aren't there, the blue bloods aren't there? Will people tune in to watch this year's Final Four? That's what's going to be really interesting to me when we see those ratings come out. I wonder what that's going to look like because this is a brand new age of Final Four. Will people watch it or will people tune out? I think it's it's so interesting for that question to be backed up with last year's because last year, as I mentioned, Duke, Kansas, North Carolina, and Villanova in a lot of ways is the new age blue blood. Even though they had the you know the, oh, yeah. the eighty five season and they they've had some uh, you know but, the, but they're not anywhere near the the level of of those other three overall but recently they kind of have been mm -hmm. and so you're talking about four major 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 brands of college basketball a year ago versus this one this year I, I think it's going to be I, I don't think there's any way people are going to watch um, like they did last year just because of the, they're not familiar with the names. I know that maybe, maybe that works for like the hardcore college basketball fan and the hardcore sports fan in a lot of ways, but mm -hmm. to just random people that want to turn it on because it's the Final Four, I just don't see it happening. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about what happened in those actually in what happened in the games as they developed and gave us this crazy Final Four, one the likes of which we literally have never seen. Uh, we'll, re we'll recap the weekend in college hoops in the NCAA tournament next. Coming back live from Sayre National right here in Sayre. Skinny on Sports on a Monday on 98.1 FM Sports. The times are changing. The grass is greening. 
The days are getting longer. That means golf season is upon us. With April approaching, the Saturday scrambles at Sayre will give way to Thursday nights. Tournament season will also fill the calendar in April, starting with the two-man alumni scramble and ending with the second annual four-man known as the Bob at the end of the month. Slots are filling up fast, so get your team in today by contacting Sayre National at 580-928-9046. Come enjoy the atmosphere at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. The Skinny on Sports. We've gone too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to keep our composure. That was actually from the Texas locker room <laughs> at half. Oh, man. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. We're hanging out at Sayre National this morning. Don't forget, you got the alumni tournament, the eighth. That's a two-man. There's just a few spots left in that one, so that if you want to participate, you better get in there. Uh, it's 100 bucks for a two-man team. Then the Bob is a four-man. It's at the end of April, the 29th and 30th. There's still some spots in the morning, but those are going to fill up fast. There's already been multiple um, different multiple spots taken on both of those tournaments just in the, in the week since we've been here. Um, and so get involved. Alumni, of course, the Dean Jackson Band coming out for the Alumni Bash after the golf tournament on Saturday. Uh, it's always a fun time. Uh, here at Sayre National, the Alumni Weekend, and, of course, the Bob at the end of April, the 29th and 30th. Get involved or you'll be sorry. Don't, t- don't come to us crying when you're not going to be able to get your team in. We told you. We've been telling you. So don't uh, – I don't want to hear it. Question on the text line about the – we were talking, you know, the, the difference. What are the ages of some of these small teams, you know, mm, as far as the players? It's interesting because, like, Florida Atlantic, they got a bunch, of, a bunch of guys that have been around, but they've also got some youth sprinkled in there as well with Boyd um, as a freshman, but then juniors and seniors. San Diego State is almost exclusively old dudes when you look down through the guys that play and the guys that make the difference. They're, they're juniors, seniors. And you mentioned the COVID year. How many – it doesn't – I it can't see it now. That. It doesn't say. Um, it doesn't even really – it just kind of has their – on the ESPN website here I'm looking at, it's just got their – you know, what class they are. Yeah. But I mean, you look through their whole roster of 15 or 20, whatever there is right here, it's junior, senior, and then just a few freshmen. There's no sophomore. <laughs> it's kind of a weird look. <clears throat> and then, you know, the, other, the others have more of a mixture. But I think you would expect that, right, at the Power 5 level with Miami and with UConn, mm-hmm. having, having a little bit more of a, of a variety of youth and experience. Uh, but there's no doubt that it makes a difference uh, with those, with those uh, what am I, not Power 5, but the, the, mid-com- the mid-majors. Sure, yeah. They're, they're definitely more experienced-laden teams. Um, and, and I think that's just going to continue. And, and get, it, it's always kind of been that way. <clears throat> and I think it's going to continue to be that way um, with, with the way the transfer portal is and all that. Games-wise, which, which, which results shocked you the most? Starting, say, Friday night, all the way through into where we are now with the Final Four. Um... I think the way Gonzaga got beat by UConn, I, I figured there'd be more of a fight there. Um, you know, we had it on. I said we were watching. We had it on, and we're hanging out. And I, every time I look up, that score got more inflated and more inflated to the point I thought, this is laughable. What is this? That is just shocking to me. I didn't think a, a Gonzaga team um, would get beat that bad. 
So that one, I think, was the more shocking one for me. How about you? Uh, no doubt Miami beating Houston. And not, not, not only beating them, but the way they beat them. They beat them up, and they scored, what was it, ended up being 87 or 88 points. Mm-hmm. That's, that was the one that I was just like, what just happened? Maybe not. I mean, I, I was shocked that Miami beat Houston first off. But then to be able to run up the score like that, and of course, then they do it to Texas as well, you know, yesterday and putting up a bunch of points. I watched that Miami team in the first round against Drake, against Drake and they should have lost. Yeah. They, they absolutely should have lost that game. And they, come, they, they find a way to win, and then they get by Indiana. Since then, though, they've, they've been rolling pretty well. Um, and so, but that, that's still, when I was, you know, I think a lot of the country and where I was, the, the Bama game was on. And everyone was kind of fixated on the fact that Alabama was losing. And then I kept it up. My, my attention was on the little bottom line thing going, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Houston's going to give up 100. When yeah. has Kelvin given? You know, and so yeah. that, that one was the one that really surprised me, um, <clears throat> and especially with the way it happened. You know, if they'd, if they'd have beat them 67 to 52, I'd have been like, okay. But – Putting up that amount of points on that Houston team, that's, that was what really did kind of surprise me. Um, other than that, though, I mean, obviously San Diego State maybe should have been. But Alabama, like I said, I said it as soon as we came in here after the SEC Big 12 Challenge. There's no way they can be that good if they lose to Oklahoma by that many. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. have the ability just to lay an absolute egg, obviously, because OU was terrible. And to... to I don't care where that game was played, but to lose to that team by that many is a, was a huge warning sign for me as far as picking the bracket and, and where I had Alabama being eliminated at, way short of a lot of others. Um, and that just always stuck in my mind about them was that you can't, in my mind, you, you're not a national championship title winning team if you lose to that team by that many. And so that maybe, maybe in, for that reason, that one didn't surprise me as much. Uh, I, I was a little sad. For, I really got to li- taking a liking to that Creighton team. You know, Trey Alexander, I saw him play in high school. Right. So that, that's, yep. part, that's, I'm sure, part of it. McDermott seems like a pretty good dude. Been there forever. You know, it, I don't know why Iowa State didn't work when he was there. It seems like it should. seems like it's almost the same place, right? Except for one's in the Big East and one's in the Big 12. But – as far as being able to recruit and, and get that type of player, and that obviously that type of team can work anywhere, it just it, it just never quite took off at, at Iowa State like maybe it should have. But boy, he's found his his spot there at Creighton, and they've you know what was that three straight six, uh, Sweet Sixteens and had every chance to be in the Final Four, just uh, unable to get it done. Uh, that foul. That's my question. Was it a foul? <laughs> I mean, by the letter of the law, yes. I mean, he clearly had his left hand on his hip. But the way that game was called, that wasn't a foul until right that second. Yeah. That's the only uh, – and I, and I agree with what the uh, – I can't remember the guy's name on the, on the call with Ian Eagle. You shouldn't, you shouldn't reward the defense for getting beat – and allowing just because it's at the end of the game and you don't want to make that call, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the offense should get the advantage. But at the same time, I've always been one of those, you know, you also hear, well, if it's a foul in the first minute, it's a foul in the last minute. Well, guess what? It wasn't a foul in the first minute. 
that game was like a football game. Yeah. And then for that to be kind of the decider, it left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth, honestly. But I get it. I mean, it, he did get fouled. Whether or not it was affecting the shot, I mean, it's almost kind of after he shot it. But, you know, with the balance and all that on a runner, any little contact can, can definitely affect where the ball goes. But for me, I'd have rather not seen it. But it's not just because I'm sitting here going, oh, no, you can't make that call at the end. The only thing I would say about that is they weren't making that call until the end. Sure. It's a chicken-egg thing. You know, when to make the call, you know, it is what it is. But should you make the call, it's very 50-50 polarizing situation. So, but um, still gave for an entertaining game. You like the drama like that at the end. And even that Texas-Miami game towards the end was still, I mean, very, very tight. And kudos to Miami. What, down once 13 points coming all the way back? Yeah. Yeah. So, and to your point about Alabama and Oklahoma, same thing I think it could have been said about Texas. They struggled even though beating Oklahoma. Both times they played OU, I mean, Texas struggled with OU. And that's a good barometer, I guess, is if you struggle against a team like OU, then you're probably not a team well-built to go deep in the tournament. I always wondered what it would be like, you know, would the lack, you know, with the situation with Chris Beard in the early parts of the season, you know, kind of, you know, there's always that question about Bill Self in Kansas. He wasn't there. Is that why they lost? I wondered if you get that late game situation or late tournament situation with the lack of a the presence of a Chris Beard, or is it too far removed that that wasn't much of a factor? I think it's – I think – I mean, he essentially coached the whole year. He, yeah. Rodney Terry. And he's going to get that job. Uh, I just saw a, one of the Texas insiders expect an announcement tomorrow. And, you know, that was the talk of what did he have to do to earn it. I, I'm, well, I'm a little he, surprised they're going to give it to him, quite too, honestly. because I've heard that he is not, not a, a big recruiter. fan of recruiting. Mm-hmm. He's a good coach, but – you know, and he was playing with guys that more or less Beard was able to get on the team. But um, that's interesting. I mean, he's a good coach, clearly. and But it's a, it's a matter of, okay, is he going to go and continue to recruit at a high level that mm-hmm. Texas and the Texas boosters expect him to do? Question on the text line, what about Beard? He took the Ole Miss job, yeah, right? Is it Ole Miss? Yeah, okay. I, I, I thought it was official, but I wouldn't have. Oh, they've had the announcing press conference, all that stuff. last week, wasn't it? Or maybe two I mean, weeks ago. A week and a half ago, something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, he'll be at Ole Miss. All right, we better take a break. When we come back, the ultimate Jim Traver. I'm sure he'll give us his thoughts on what happened this weekend. Uh, you know, it's no even reason to ask anybody about their bracket because nobody's is any good <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, on our Western Oklahoma Realty uh, Bracket Challenge, only one person can make any points from here on out. We'll be back here at Saranath and Skinny on Sports right here on the Sports Are you looking for a place to watch the excitement of March Madness? Maybe a spot to enjoy the final round of the Masters? Or do you need a venue to hold an alumni get-together? The clubhouse at Sayre National is your spot. Maybe you just need a spot to relax after a round of golf. The sports bar at Sayre National is the place with huge TVs and plenty of cold beverages to turn those bogeys on the course into birdies afterward. Don't forget the banquet room can hold a lot of folks with access to the sports bar as well. Come enjoy the atmosphere at Sayre National, Western Oklahoma's most inclusive club. Are you crying? Skinny on sports. There's no crying in baseball. Welcome back. Skinny on sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal, hanging out at Sayre National, just reliving the weekend. Uh, balls and moving carts <laughs> off of balls. 
Wow. <laughs> Tough break for one guy, that's for sure. Uh, but anyhow, uh, come on out. Uh, as I mentioned, the alumni tournament, the 8th of April, to two-man, and then the Bob is a four-man at the end of the month. Get signed up because those spots are going away fast. Joining us now is the man you'll hear right here on these airwaves at 2 o'clock, the ultimate Jim Traver. Jim, how are you? I'm okay, fellas. Jeremy Gray uh, out there, the great dude who runs uh, Rob's Ranch, uh, texted me this morning and told me I'm supposed to ask you about this uh, girl from uh, from uh, Iowa. Just, <laughs> yeah, what, what, what is that all about? He texted us last night uh, saying <laughs> that, that we wouldn't ask you. The, uh, the girl from Iowa had the first ever 40-point triple-double in the NCAA yeah, tournament, yeah, men's no, or I women's. Know, yeah. yeah, I mean, how many people watched? About 50? I did not, so... I, the only reason I know about it is because Jeremy texted me about it. Well, listen, Jeremy Gray's got some daughters that are really good in basketball. I hope they become superstars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I really do. Um, it seems as if that I, I'm one of the only ones that care about women's uh, sports and women's rights nowadays, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but I will tell you that uh, congratulations to that girl. I have no idea what happened, but she got 40-point triple-double. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's a... Uh... It's a, definitely an accomplishment, and hopefully, you know, uh, somebody you watched. You want to watch ESPN at night, they'll shove it down your throat. Trust me, they'll, they'll tell you all about it. Yeah, I think I, we, we looked at the ratings last week um, for the first weekend. And they uh, the women's tournament was up 27% from the year before, and it had a whopping 257,000 viewers. So kind of gives you an idea of exactly where that's at. That's okay, because... Those people will tell you that it's up 27%, and five years from now, there'll be 20 million. Listen, that's what they believe. So let them believe it. Let them enjoy it. That's fine. I don't want to sit here and rip it up, but I just thought it was interesting. I had to wake up to Jeremy. Like that. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's talk about the, the tournament that the people uh, do watch, the men's uh, basketball tournament. I, I don't even know where to start uh, i asked jared the game that surprised him the most over you know back to friday or so um for me it was miami not miami necessarily i didn't think miami was going to beat houston but the way that they beat houston and the amount of points that they were able to score on a team coached by kelvin sampson that's always been known for defense to me that was the most surprising one was there one that kind of stood out to you as far as really being kind of man i, I did really didn't see that coming Probably that one. I, mean, I think, unfortunately for Calvin, man, it's being held together by like band-aid tape, you know? Yeah. It just looked to me like they just weren't, if you watched them earlier in the season, and I don't make excuses. I mean, I bowed down to what Miami did. Bowed down to all these schools. But I think that it just seemed like that Houston got beat up at the wrong time, you know? And, and that's the way sports is. You got to be healthy at the right time. And if you're not healthy at the right time, then it can really hurt you. And I think that that's what uh, I think that's what happened with uh, Houston, unfortunately. But I'll tell you what, man, this is we talked about how many people are watching the women's sports. Yeah. I wonder how many people are going to watch Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. Not many. You know? Not as many as what? Is you know who's you remember who was in the final four last year? Uh, no, I do not. It but was, I'm sure it was the number one seed. It was Duke, Carolina, Kansas, and Villanova. Well, that's. That's a blue blood festival right there, no doubt about it. And uh, yeah, it, listen, this is fun to watch and everything, but it's really going to hurt the tournament. It really is because I just, I just don't think that there's going to be many people watching. We know people, but you know what I'm saying. Not as many as uh, 
as there would have been with some of the other schools. But it sure, sure is cool. I'll tell you, there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of uh, parity going on in college basketball, right now. and I think that it changed even more so. I talked about it last week. I think you and I told. I think we talked about it about with the, uh, you know, with the. Uh, that's my grandson, by the way, yelling in the back. Um, yeah, I think that with the with the uh, extra COVID year and all this you know, transfer portal and all that other stuff, I think that. I think we're going to see a little bit more of that because you can get all the one and done you want, like these schools do, but the one and done aren't aren't the ones that are automatically going to win it. These teams that have been together, you know, are going to win it. So that's impressive. It really is. Yeah. The coach at Texas should keep his job. I'm just saying, but he probably won't. I actually saw this morning that uh, that he's going to. Um, he is for sure because I knew he was supposed to meet him. I think today. One of the uh, one of the those guys down there. I think it was actually Chip Brown. Uh, reported that uh, his up high sources say that it'll announcement will be made tomorrow that he uh, yeah. that that's the way that'll go yeah. I mean he deserves it my gosh I mean he made a great run with that team and certainly wasn't his fault that uh, they lost so I think uh, seems like it seems like the players loved him and then what he did after the game I thought was really cool you know really cool so he that was cool emotion mm-hmm. so but uh, man the teams that are in this thing are Nobody, nobody can predict it. I know a lot of people love UConn. I will say that. Love, a lot of people like UConn at the beginning of the season. And they just throttled Gonzaga. UConn's good. UConn's definitely the best team that's alive. Doesn't mean that they're going to win, but they're definitely the best team that's still around. Yeah, I mean, that's the only, obviously the only one that anybody in our, we had a group of guys that filled out brackets. That's the only one that anybody had, even to the Final Four. And out of fifty, like eight guys in our group, only one can actually get a game right in the final four. <laughs> so it's yeah. been it's been well, a wild year for brackets, that's for sure. I got nobody. I got nobody left. I had you. I, mean, I had UConn. That's the only one I got right. Well, that's good. That's very good. Did you ever win in this round? No, I had them losing to Texas. I had Texas winning it all, but and so I'm done essentially now. Um, but you you mentioned the uh, one and done. How much do you think it could affect if that goes away and, and what they decide to do NBA-wise? Uh, with the new CBA, it looks like maybe the, the high school uh, guys being able to be eligible to get drafted is coming back. How much could that affect posit- college basketball, and maybe even in a positive way, by making those guys hang around for a couple years instead of just one? I, think it'd be, I mean, I think it would be positive. Baseball's got a lot of problems, but the one thing that they do well is their draft. If you want to leave after high school, go for it. But if you're going to go to college, you got to stay three years. Mm-hmm. And maybe three years is too much for basketball. But if you do two years, I think it'll help a lot. I think you'll see better players. And, um, you know, all this, I can't stand it when people go, oh, well, what about these kids that are going to try to go get drafted? Hey, listen, they, they, they have, you know, it's free will. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just control what people do. If there's an 18-year-old kid out there that believes that he can play in the NBA, then let him go. And uh, maybe maybe he'll be able to get to the G League. Maybe he'll be able to play overseas. I don't know. But that's just the way life it is. You can't just control everybody's life, guys. Right? I mean, you can't just say, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. When it's not like a you know legality thing. So um, this is what I know. That if any of us had a son that was brilliant in physics and uh, coming out of high school, and he was so smart, 
that the Dow Chemical came to him and said, we want to pay him $300,000 to go play to help us with things that we're doing. Um, he would be allowed to do that, right? Yes. He's not allowed to do that? If we thought it was okay and he wanted to do it, that'd be great. So why is it different in sports? I don't understand it. I want to go back to um, coaching. You mentioned Kelvin Sampson. Is he happy? I mean, do you think this is where he's going to end his career, or is he looking for a bigger job? I know you and Al were kind of broaching on that subject last week. I'm real curious what happens there with with not even Kelvin, but his son too, Kellen. Um, what do you think the future is with the Sampson family? I don't think Kelvin's going to leave Houston. I think this is his last job. Now, I don't think he's leaving right away. I think he's going to stay for a while. And then I think that Kellen, it, they're going to have to decide on what they're going to do. Are they going to say, is Kellen going to have to go somewhere else for a little while then come back? Are they all going to be happy with him just staying down there as the assistant and then maybe then probably taking over when Kelvin decides to leave? So I don't think Kellen is going anywhere. I think he's staying in Houston. And as far as Kellen's concerned, it's going to be up to them. I would make the suggestion to go somewhere else for a little while. I really would. You know, see if you can get a job somewhere. Like, if the McCaslin dude is going to Tech, is that is that done yet? I don't know. Is I, that totally done? I haven't seen that it's totally done, but it well, sounds like Well, if he like does that, is. then Kellen should go to North Texas. <laughs> you know? Um, now, is there is a chance? Sure it is, but you, you can start being a head coach. And if he goes there and does a good job, then I'm sure that he'll be the next coach at Houston. Now, if you just stay at Houston, then you're probably guaranteed to get the job, but you may have to stay there for another three, four, five, six years, whatever. If it's me, I'm going to probably go and try to get another job and then see. I guess uh, Al said that he had heard that he interviewed with Wichita State, so maybe he's already trying to get another job. But North Texas would be, I think, a solid job. Also, maybe he'll go there and change the brand of basketball that they're playing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's always been in the back of my mind, Kellen-wise, it, it, and this would be, it looks like, maybe about the right time. If he could go to North Texas, uh, keep that thing going to the level kind of that it has been. It's been a tournament team here and there for maybe one, maybe just next year. I think there's another job that people will be clamoring for him to take, and that's at Oklahoma. Well, that's a very, very good point. And, um, I mean, obviously, not right now, Oklahoma is better than Houston, but overall, Oklahoma is a better job than um, so, and you know, the Kellen has roots, obviously. Don't forget, too, his best friend yeah. is the athletic director, right, at uh, Michigan State. Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi State. Selma. Yep, that's right. What I, I, don't know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Mississippi State. Mississippi State, right? Yeah, Not Mississippi. Okay. Mississippi yeah. yeah, Mississippi State. And so, you know, there's always a chance there. So, um, yeah, I, you know how I feel. I think in a year from now, we're going to be looking at coaches that OU had no issue. I could be wrong, but yeah, Kellen. I think Kellen's got a really good career ahead of him. He just has to decide whether he wants to go somewhere else. My, if he would ask me, I would say yes, go somewhere else. But that's kind of hard, man. You got family. You're gonna take grandbabies away from the mom. You know, I know, I know Karen Sampson really well. She's a wonderful woman, Not like my wife, your wife. When you guys get grandbabies, I'm just letting you know that you will become way down the list. You're gonna be, you're gonna go so far down the list behind the grandbabies you won't believe. <laughs> So all of that stuff is uh, interesting for them down there. And, but I do, to answer your original question, Jared, I think I think this is Kelvin's last job. I, I think that he will be there for a while. 
The last question about the, the college basketball I have was that the end of the San Diego State Creighton game. There's a there's yeah. it's, it's almost fifty fifty split, right? You can't make that call. You have to make that call. Kind of where do you settle out in in the uh, the argument between uh, making that call with the second uh, one point? My number left? one thing, fellas, if you've listened to me for a while, is be consistent. Yeah. And they let them play that whole game. Yeah. They were killing each other, right? Yeah. So to me, I I don't think you make the call. But I am one of those people that if you make the call in the first couple minutes, then you make the call in the last couple of seconds. Uh-huh. But fellas, they were killing each other in that game, right? Right. I mean, there was some serious. And I loved it. But there is, I mean, like, I watched Thunder last night, team and Christmas. Every five seconds, a whistleblower, whistleblower, whistleblower. Um, so they were letting them play. So I'm not here to say whether it was a foul or not, because I think everybody agrees that there was a foul. Mm-hmm. But call the game consistently. That's all I ask. If, that, if you'd have called that five minutes into the game, then call it there. I don't think they would have called it five minutes into the game. That's what I'm trying to say. But um, that's a shame for Creighton. It really is. Uh, but San Diego State got it done. So uh, now we have to listen to uh, uh, to Michael Cage talk about uh, San Diego State. That makes it that makes it even worse listening to him. <laughs> uh, speaking of Michael Cage, Thunder last night, uh, he, he go even on this four game road swing out west. Uh, with uh, book ending the win against the Clippers last Tuesday, with the win last night against Portland, puts them in w- what looks like a pretty good spot now with some uh, winnable games ahead over these last seven. Where do you, th- if you had to guess, where do you think the Thunder end up? Still in the play-in game, or do you think there's uh, an outside shot where they actually may end up that sixth seed? Well, they got the easiest schedule left of all of them that are playing. So I. I think they'll end up in the plan. I think they're going to be like maybe seven or eight, be my mm-hmm. guess. I'll tell you what, though. Last night, boy, if they'd have lost that game, that would have been a terrible loss. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike, I, you know, when you see who didn't play for Portland, and I know, like, the dudes that are playing, oh, that little dude and those guys, I understand, <laughs> sharp. I mean, they're, I know I understand they're NBA players, but when, you're, when you've got your three best players not playing, you got to win the game. And they did. I don't know. I haven't been real excited about some of the things that have been like Lou Dort, fellas. It's yeah. just becoming a joke to me, man. I mean, that was just that's about as bad of a game as I've seen a dude play last night. You know, seriously. I mean, he and he doesn't care. He he just fires it up no matter what, wherever he is, and he's not any good. And I know someone's going to go, Jim. It's not that bad. It's thirty-four percent. I don't care. That's it's not a normal forty percent or thirty-four percent when you go. 0 for 4, 1 for 6, 1 for 5, and then 4 for 6. You know, and then 5 for 9, and then 0 for 4, 0 for 6. What was he last night? 0 for 8 or whatever? 0 for 6, yeah. Over 6. I mean, it's terrible. It's just terrible. And he just keeps shooting. They better figure something out on him. Because he's going to end up, I know his defense is incredible, and what he did the other day against Kawhi Leonard was unbelievable, but he's killing them on awful. I mean, killing them. And um, we're going to see if they continue to let him do it. Because if they do, that could be a downfall of this team. I'm telling you, if he if he keeps shooting the way he does, uh, then it, it could hurt him. It really could. You know, Giddy actually has made a couple threes here lately. So, you know, if, if he makes them, fine. I, I got no problem with that. Um, but yeah, they won the game, but I can't. I certainly am not going to call it a good win. That was a win. That was a game you had to win. Right? You had to win that game. 
and uh, really, they almost blew it. But they, they won it, so I'll give them credit. Yeah, just look at uh, – so like Dort, for instance. You're right. So uh, in that four-game road swing, he shoots 27% from three one game, 9.1% from three the next game, 14% last night. But it's going to look better because of the five of eight, 41% against the Lakers on Friday. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It makes, it makes that four-game stretch look like, okay, he shot the ball pretty well. No, he didn't. He stunk it up. And it's, I've never seen anything like this before. Because, yes, the number at 34, 34.5% mm-hmm. is not terrific for a dude who plays defense like that. But when every four out of five games he's horrible, that, that to me is – well, that's the definition of being inconsistent. And um, they can't have that with him. They, I mean, they, it's just too much shoot. It's just too much shooting, guys, is what it is. Too much shoot. By the way, I did want to – I hope Jeremy's still listening uh, because I did want to say that there was a game yesterday, and I don't know which one it was, that in the women's tournament that the two teams combined, combined to shoot 3.7% from three-point range. Look it up. <laughs> and, and text it to Jeremy. 3.7% the two teams combined to shoot. I help him coach a softball team. He might make me run laps if I bring that stuff up. I'm not going to yeah. go there. Well, <laughs> we'll bring it up. Just say I'm the one who said it. You know? uh, He's not going to run me. Uh, By the way, I'm coming out there Wednesday. Uh, I'm coming out Wednesday. Hey, well, we have practice Wednesday, so yeah, let's go. There? Let's go to lunch Wednesday. Let's do it. You want to? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. We'll, right, text, text me. We'll we'll figure it out. I'll get out there around. Uh, 45 or something. Okay, yeah, we'll have to make sure that uh, we've got a meeting scheduled at 11. We'll have to cut that short, get that deal Cancel done. Cancel the day. <laughs> when I come into town, everything should change. Everything shuts down. <laughs> I agree. I couldn't agree more. Uh, elsewhere in the NBA, gosh, what it, what would you tell anybody listening? And I know we've got people that are these uh, a fan of this team. What would you tell Dallas Maverick fans right about now? Well, um, I always think it's hilarious, okay, that these owners, GMs, players, whatever you want to call it, whoever's doing it, always thinks no matter who you bring in, it's going to work out. You know? It's just mind-boggling. You know, you look at all these different teams, where, oh, bring this guy, the Nets, the Lakers. It just goes on and on. The fact of the matter is that, that those two dudes are pretty much the same player. They're a little different, I know, but they're pretty much the same player. And um, it's not working. I got to tell you, I'm getting so sick of Luca. I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. And then what did he say last night after the game? He says, um, "I'm not having any fun." You know, he used to smile. Well, so what? So whose fault is that? I guess you're going to blame the referees, right? That's what it is. Everybody's against you. I'm so sick of the guy. It makes me not want to watch him play. It makes me not like him. They just cry way too much. And frankly, I've talked about it. I think the Thunder are starting. As they get better, I think they're starting to cry a little bit more, too. I don't know why everybody has to do it, man. If you think it's a bad call, you know, okay, you can say something. But you don't have to every single call. Every single call, these dudes cry. They don't ever foul anybody, and they, don't, and they, all, and they, they get fouled every single time. And frank, like I said, the Thunder are starting to do it a little bit, too. But Luca's oh, geez, what is going on? That's the big fella is screaming. Um, anyway, yeah, they at least 
at least, uh, I don't even know what I was going to say. Now, the little guy got me all fired up, screaming over here, yelling at me, <laughs> my grandson. But did, anyway, did I'm, tired of watching. <laughs> I'm tired of watching the guy. And I think it would be really funny if the Mavericks don't make the playoffs. I do. I think it would be really funny. Maybe they'll decide to change the thing. First thing, obviously, will be Jason Kidd. But that'll be the second coach for Doncic. Uh, when is it people are going to say maybe Doncic has something to do with it? You know? Yeah, and I, I wonder with the way that things have kind of gone down there. Last year was the anomaly getting to the Western Conference Finals. The rest of the years he's been there, it's been kind of disappointing if that makes him kind of start looking around. And and I'm actually surprised. I mean, they traded for everything, but are you, are you surprised or is this why you don't see guys really wanting to play with him all that much? You mean talking about Dante? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, probably, yeah. I mean, he, he the dude's a ball hog. Mm-hmm. You know, he just is. I think it's hilarious when people, gosh, I've been argued with about Russell Westbrook for years. What are you talking about? He averages 10 assists a game. Just because you average 10 assists a game does not mean that you're some, you know, dude who, who dishes the way you should dish. You know, that's all I'm saying. And um, Luca is, is that way. He just, he just, the one-on-ones and the things that he does is just too much. So, I don't know. I think I think that organization is in some trouble. I don't know what they're going to do. Frankly, I, I wouldn't keep Tyree. I might try to trade him. I don't know if anybody wants him. I think people are getting sick of the guy. Final question for me. Have you done much homework or studying, I guess, into the the passage of the bill in the House about sports gambling? Are you, how, are you pretty encouraged about this? Yeah, I'm very encouraged. Now, you know how these daggone um, – politicians are we'll see if these senators can get their act together i had somebody say to me the other day um well you know it's not that important the senate the senate in each every state and 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 in our country do things that aren't important all the time okay this to me is important it means millions of dollars and if they don't get it done by football season they're just wasting millions more all they got to do is just when they're in session just make a decision vote on it let's go get it done Governor Stitt's ready to sign it. Let's go. And um, I also, a lot of times, I mean, remember, we're seeing daylight savings. We're get rid of all that. And that, that thing just sitting in the Senate up in Washington. Just sitting there. So I'm, I'm sick of all of it. Guys. But I hope it'll be done quick. I hope it's a good thing for the state. What, uh, if you, with your understanding, I mean, it feels like a lot of these places, the different, the tribes are, have known this as a possibility or even a likelihood. So I would imagine, I mean, maybe not by the end of the week, but at least uh, to some extent that they're ready to go with this uh, as far as uh, having things in place to be able to have sport, sports books uh, ready, to, ready to roll pretty quick. Oh, when they say yes to this thing, I'll bet you some of, the, some of them will have it up within a month. I told you, down in... I go down, Julie and I go down to Durant, you know, and play those poker tournaments. Mm-hmm. I know you guys, that's a long drive for you guys way out there in Elk City. But if you all get ever down, get ever down, um, ever to get down there, they got a sports book now. They just built in this brand new hotel they built. I think the hotel was $600 million. Um, and the thing looks like Vegas. I mean, they're ready to go. They got, I mean, it looks just like Vegas. And so, yeah, that. When they say yes, they'll put windows, they'll get people trained, they got the people that they're working with, I don't know who it is, whether it's FanDuel or whoever it is, and they'll have the thing up quick. But we all know that the politicians drag their feet, fellas, right? So get it done. Get it done. 
Well, Jim, uh, what do you got coming up on the podcast? Julie, what do we got coming up on the podcast? It's, it's kind of a, a potpourri today, isn't it? Yes, the potpourri. It's good stuff. It's stuff that we built up over our lives that we talk about. And uh, it's uh, some pretty funny stuff. Some things where she's ripping on me a little bit, too. <laughs> what were you going to say? Julie's getting ready to say something over there. She's looking at me bad. <laughs> the lift, yes. Life lessons. That's what it is. It's life lessons. And right. if we agree on them or not. Here's the other thing today. Don't forget, two or three o'clock today, it's You're, a baseball That's show. right. That's exactly right. It's a baseball show. We'll have Tim Kirchner as a Hall of Famer. Tim Coach, Tim Kirch and Hall of Famer, and Phil Rogers, and Hall of Famer someday, and then Mark Rogers. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, should be, uh, inter- should be a very interesting. Texas Rangers, there might be some people actually talk well about the Texas Rangers in this one. Really? They're, they're not bad. Unfortunately, they're in a division with a team that's really good, but they're not bad. Yeah, Jared got a little twinkle in his eye when you mentioned the Texas Rangers. It's always this time of year. I have a little bit of hope. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, they, they might fight for it. They might. They, they got a chance to fight for a wild card. I mean, they're not as good as Houston, but they got a chance to They got a big chance to be second in that division and get in the wild card. They do. They got a chance. All right. Well, man, we'll be listening. It's always one of my favorite shows of the year uh, because the baseball season always brings hope that maybe, people, yeah. maybe, maybe baseball will figure things out and then about a month in. You just kind of decide that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> uh, but we'll be listening. Hey, man, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Yeah, and then oh, you got swept by Kansas I know. State. I was actually – okay, hang on. I was going to ask you because you mentioned Watts Brown last week. Yeah, they, you see him? Just so they started him in the third game this this weekend. Yeah. Well, I'm going to text – I was planning on texting Josh today and asking him why. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't, I don't know. Usually you want to get that first win with your guy – I don't know if it was something about, I don't know, maybe, you know, had a little soreness or something. They want to give him another day or two. Right. But I will definitely text Josh and find out why, because I thought that was really weird. But it worked out beautifully. And I don't know, did you see any of them? Did anybody watch any of them yesterday? He was I mean, he is, I mean, he's a big league pitcher. Mm-hmm. So, and they've been, you know, they, they got, they've had injuries on their pitching staff. They got to figure out how to stop getting injuries because they can hit, dude. You see that young kid, man? They, wow, it's up and down the lineup. Uh, it, it, yeah. it seems like you know they tweet out, and then every time uh, was Mendham is hitting doubles or home runs, and then Brown with the walk off. Was that Saturday or was that Friday? Yeah, uh, yeah they walked them all Saturday, and yeah, then, Saturday. yeah, yesterday they they walk off again, grand slam. They're good, man. They got a bunch of dudes that can really, really hit. They just got to get their pitching right. If their pitching gets right, they'll play with just about anybody in the country. So. That, uh, that's going to be fun. And then, you know, Skip Johnson, you know he gets better towards the end of the year. He had a nice first weekend, but he had a bad second weekend. Kansas State with Pete Hughes looks like they're a little better this year. So mm-hmm. that, should be, uh, that should be fun. Should be fun, college baseball. Absolutely. All right, Jim. Thanks so much uh, for joining right, us. Uh, we'll see you Wednesday. Okay, see you out there. Right. Yeah. Bye-bye. It's the ultimate Jim Traver joining us here on a Monday. Discuss all kinds of stuff. I, the, the baseball show, I'm glad you reminded me of that. I, I, yeah. I put it on my notes on Friday, and then I didn't even open them up uh, for today uh, as it just seems like it's a whirlwind in here. Yeah, that's always a really good show. It's not just uh, put together last minute. Like, no. this is well thought out. They go over every division, every team. It's awesome. And you get some – like Tim Kirchin, he gets him on, gets some well input. You know, Mark's a really big baseball guy. I'm looking forward to it. 3 o'clock today. 3 o'clock today. The baseball show on Jim's show. All right.
That'll do it from Sayre National. Thank you to the folks out here at uh, Sayre National. Don't forget, alumni, the eight. It's a two-man tournament. There's six spots left, I think, over there on the on the pieces of paper. There's been a few more sign up in the morning on the Bob, so that's getting down to nine or ten. That thing's going to fill up fast, so you better get in, even though it's a month away. Thanks to everybody here at Sayre National, and uh, thanks to Jim for joining us. This has been the Skinny on Sports, hanging out right here on 98.1 FM, Sports. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back, goodbye. Win something one time and it could be a fluke. Do it twice and people know you're for real. Win it three times and we use the word dynasty. And if you win something a fourth time, now we're talking about total dominance. For the fourth time, the Oklahoma Association of Broadcasters has named Aaron Kalks the Skinny on Sports Report, the non-metro sportscast of the year. Good afternoon, Western Oklahoma. I'm Aaron Kalk, and this is the Skinny on Sports Report. Congratulations, Aaron. Or should we say, Mr. Four-Timer. Now keep on dominating.